It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Grayson Weir. Have to do the names off the top, Grayson, because people may not uh, may not remember us, recognize us, know the names. It's been a minute since we have recorded. That is uh, mostly my fault, as I was on vacation, and uh, we took a we took a little bit of a break there. And uh, for I mean, it was honestly. I mean, pat ourselves on the back, just impeccable timing to uh, take a break and just, you know, clear the runway, literally and figuratively, for the Ole Miss Rebels uh, baseball team because, wow, um, could not have been more wrong about this team. 10-1 and in the postseason, um, something crazy outscoring opponents. I believe it was 81-25. to um, just, just an absolute clinic on proving the haters and the doubters wrong. Yeah. I mean, first of all, good to be back. Thank you all for, uh, indulging us as we took our, our break there, but I know all the priorities were elsewhere. You know, no need to talk football recruiting when the revs are hot. So welcome back, everybody. Glad, glad to have you here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, be sure to like, and subscribe all that good stuff. How about the Rebels? I mean, you and I both. I, I'm going to sit here. <clears throat> I had someone over the weekend actually ask me this exact question. They said, when are you going to issue basically a, a public apology, for lack of a better word, for all of the ridiculous, you know, I, I don't know, anger-filled takes about Mike Bianco and the Ole Miss baseball team this year. Um, and I came out and said, you know, I have been nothing but honest um, this entire postseason. Like, credit to Mike Bianco, credit to Mike Bianco, credit to Mike Bianco. Um, and that person told me that wasn't enough. So here I am. This is me putting my hand up and, and, and eating my words and apologizing, I guess. I don't know what the word would be here, but eating my words, Mike Bianco will be in Oxford for as long as he wants. Keith Carter came out and said so, and rightfully so. When Just when you counted him out back in April, if you had told me that this team would have won the College World Series, I probably would have slapped you in the face. I probably would have laughed. Even when they got into the tournament, I came out and said, you know, I, I don't expect Mike Bianco to have his job this year unless he makes Omaha. He made Omaha, big middle finger right in the faces of me, right in the face of you, right in the face of pretty much anyone and everyone that has commented about Ole Miss baseball in the last couple of years. He, he just threw that middle finger up and said, hold my beer, watch this. I'm going to not only make Omaha, but I'm going to win the whole thing. So this is my, hey, Mike, if somehow you listen to this podcast, I apologize for anything I've ever said negatively, although your bullpen and pitching decisions drive me nuts most of the time. 
your bullpen and pitching decisions outside of maybe going to Nichols on, on Sunday, outside of that, your postseason was incredible. Shout out to Mike Bianco. I mean, un, unbelievable job from a guy who, as far as you know, I understood it, his job would not have been there if Ole Miss had not been in the tournament. Obviously, they were the last team in, last team out. That's been the big saying. A really unbelievable run. Credit to Mike Bianco. He deserves all of the credit in the world. And before I hand the mic back over to you, after my long-winded diatribe here, um, I would like to give Jack Doherty the credit he deserves. He's, he's going to get lost in the shuffle a little bit because of the Delusia performance, the complete game shutout. Obviously, Sunday, Doherty wasn't on the mound. Hunter Elliott pitched really well. The bullpen came in and got the job done. Uh, Gaddis really closed the door there in the end. But Ole Miss would not have been in the position that they were in on Sunday. Ole Miss may not have had the chance to you know, win the entire national championship on Sunday if it wasn't for Jack Doherty. That man went out and, you know, just put it all on the line and, and pitched his butt off. So he deserves the utmost credit here. The same way that Dylan DeLucia will forever be a legend in Oxford for his complete game shutout against Arkansas on Thursday, Jack Doherty deserves that same, you know, crown and, 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 recognition for an all-time legendary performance that should not ever be forgotten i mean truly incredible stuff from doherty and truly incredible stuff from mike bianco yeah i I, there's really nothing much else to say um i i don't know if i ever publicly doubted them or said they wouldn't make it I, I think for good reason back then, we just never really talked about them because they were struggling. Uh, they really showed no signs of being a national championship contender. And then, man, once they got into the field and the calendar turned to June, I mean, just completely flipped, um, ran through the regional and the super regional, um, defeating a national seed on the road, which Mike Bianco has never done, then went on the road for a super regional, beat a really good Southern Miss team that had two of the better arms that Ole Miss, is, that Ole Miss faced all year long. Um, I know there were some folks that said that Southern Miss's top two guys were better than some of the dudes that they faced in Omaha. Um, so you go on the road, hostile environment, handle your business in two, get to Omaha, and then run through it, lose one to Arkansas, but then come back and answer and uh, oust the Razorbacks who, by the way, uh, man, that's that's a fan base that's starting to grovel a little bit. I'm not saying by any means that that Dave Van Horn is on the hot seat, but I think there's some un- uneasiness there. Um, they've knocked on the door a couple times now. Obviously, they were really banging on the door, ringing the doorbell, um, shouting into the ring camera against Oregon State and dropped that pop-up and then ended up losing. Um but yeah, I mean, an Oklahoma team that was not identical to, an, to, to the Ole Miss team, but they were hot just like Ole Miss, caught fire in the postseason, won the Big 12 tournament, ran through their regional down in Gainesville and then defeated a uh, really talented, really good Virginia Tech team on the road. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, it was just, just an absolute clinic. Um, they didn't have the undefeated postseason run. Uh, I think the last team to do that was 2011 when South Carolina did it, when they won their, um, the second leg of their back-to-back championships. Um, they went through the postseason undefeated that year. Um, but it was just, I mean, completely dominated Arkansas in that first, uh, the second game in Omaha to get to the winner's bracket, to get the day off, to, you know, catch your breath a little bit, just a complete dominant effort there. Um, and then just to answer the bell every single time that there was any kind of adversity or a counter punch thrown by Arkansas, thrown by Oklahoma, uh, they just answered it. And, um, it was, it was just a, just a, just a fun team an impressive display, um, you can call it cliche or whatever, but just senior leadership, Older guys taking charge, stepping up. And then, you know, it wasn't a 
it wasn't a really top heavy, you know, roster that did it all. Um, you know, you had your, your incredible performances by Dylan Delucia and uh, Hunter Elliott. They were the mainstays at the top of the uh, rotation, obviously. But, I mean, you probably the two biggest at-bats of the season in Omaha um, were two guys that were struggling mightily. Game one of the finals, TJ McCants hits a two-run homer. Um, the guy was hitting like under 200 against left-handers, and he hit a two-run bomb off a left-hander. Um, a really good left-hander. Really and then you have Jacob, Jacob Gonzalez that, you know, I was joking with people that he looked like he was playing men's softball up there with how he was swinging. Um, almost like a, uh, you know, a dollar general version of an Ichiro approach, just, you know, did not look comfortable, did not look confident. And then in game two of the finals, just seemed to look like a different guy at the plate. It's an absolute tank. Everybody goes nuts. Oklahoma counter punches, comes back, takes the lead. And then Jacob Gonzalez comes up again with a big uh, RBI late in that game. So, but it was just like that the whole year. You had Kemp Alderman that's hitting balls 113 miles per hour off, you know, off the bat. I mean, just putting dents in the outfield wall. Justin Bench time and time again. Tim Elko, obviously. Kevin Graham, um, you know, a guy that I think is going to be you know, he already is because of the the run that the Rebels had in the postseason. But Calvin Harris is going to be a household name next season. I think he's going to take over behind the dish for Hayden Dunhurst. Um, I mean, he was a guy that was as hot as anybody in the postseason. But looking at some of these uh, numbers here, um, Nick Suss on Twitter tweeted out a couple of uh, statistics. He's a uh, beat writer for the Clarion Ledger. Some of these are crazy. So Tim Elko. Obviously, the the backbone of this team. Um, when Ole Miss was seven and eleven in April, he hit three eighty with seven homers and nineteen RBIs. When they had their run, ten out of eleven in the NCAA tournament, he was three seventy eight with five homers and fourteen RBIs. So just steady Eddie there, good or bad, was constant. Um, I mentioned Delucia and Elliott, how good they were. They combined to start twenty three games for Ole Miss against SEC or NCAA tournament teams. They had a combined ERA of 2-5-3. I mean, just stupid. Um, in the NCAA tournament, 1-5-1. Look, it, the ball – I don't care what anybody says. The, the ball was juiced this year. There were much, sure. more, much more home runs, more offensive game, and these guys were sporting a sub-2 ERA when it mattered most. Um, I mentioned Kevin Graham, you know, he was one of the, you know, it's basically, you know, the everyday lineup, I'd say it was Justin Bench, Kevin Graham, and Tim Elko were the guys that all came back, all said they were going to win a national championship. It came true. He was injured on April 8th when he came back. 37 games post-injury, he hit 342 with 34 RBIs and scored 23 runs. He uh, finished the year hitting 451 with runners in scoring position, 407 with runners on base, and 458 with runners in scoring position and two outs. That's bananas. I mean, just, just nails. I mean, just just consistency. That I think that's kind of the word for this team. They were just – even when they were bad, they still stayed consistent and basically stuck to the system. I know Ben Garrett used that word a lot on his podcast. He did a crossover with Chase Parham of, of Rebel Grove and, and Rivals.com. And he said, you know, the system, the Mike Bianco system, they stayed to it and they trusted it. Um, another good one here from Nick Suss, Peyton Chatagnier, didn't make a fielding error in the last 56 games of the season. So he had 85 putouts and 98 assists since and he, he made, made his ridiculous play on, was that Sunday when he was falling I was going to say, which one? He had so many. In yeah, it's just a good point. The one that was deep in the four hole, Fielded it and just just let his momentum spin him through it. I, I, it's crazy the the glove flip to Jacob Gonzalez oh, for, yeah, the, double for the double play. play. <laughs> um, so yeah, he made an error against VCU on February twenty seventh. After that, nothing. That's and I mean, that's, that's just crazy. <laughs> that's and look, crazy. I, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but I mean. 
as offensive as it was this season across college baseball, you cannot win a national championship. You cannot advance in Omaha if you do not play good defense. There are so many teams that are incredibly talented, and if they get to Omaha and they start kicking the ball around and start booting easy ground balls and giving away outs, that's when you get into trouble. Peyton Chatagnier was a guy that did not do that all, you know, since February 27th. That's just insane. Um, my last one here, Mike Bianco, um, it took him 1,517 games before winning his first national title. Um, he's third in SEC history with 800-plus SEC wins and a national title. Um, that's the third coach now. He joins Vanderbilt's Tim Corbin, who's still over there on West End coaching, and uh, the legend and his mentor, Skip Bertman, who was at LSU. So, um, look, I, rarefied air now. I mean, it's crazy to go from – I mean, literally a month ago, everybody was saying that he was going to be fired. I mean, it was – if you do not get into the postseason, you're fired. Okay, you're in. If you do not get to Omaha, you're fired. I mean, that's basically what it was. And, and he really did that. <laughs> what what are the – He really did. What do the, the kids say? He is him. Yeah, he is him. <laughs> he is him. Him, Elko. Uh, yeah, <laughs> him, Elko. Uh, look, I, I saw our buddies over at Red Cup Rebellion tweeted out Mike Bianco Stadium at Swayze Field. I, I don't hate it. I think that's nope. perfect. Makes perfect sense to me. And that's uh, hilarious because if you had said that to us a month ago, we would have laughed in your face. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, yeah, it's I mean, all hats off to him. Just an incredible run. Um, you know, I, I joke with some people when I was in Omaha, uh, went for father's day with, with my dad. That was incredible. I, I highly recommend anybody, whether you're an Ole Miss fan, college baseball fan, whatever, just go. It's, it's tons of fun. Um, but I was talking to people there and I was like, man, they just need to just tell Mike Bianco that his job's on the line every year, because it seems <laughs> whenever that happens, he really turns it up a notch, you know, 2014, they were it wasn't as bad as this year, but there was some there was some some groveling. Some people were grumbling about how they weren't getting to Omaha. They weren't getting over the hump. Got there, finished third that season. Um, so, look, I, I will admit at twelve forty local time, June twenty eighth, Tuesday, that I was wrong about this baseball team. And yeah, it was, and uh, I'd like to be on that with you because. I was also extremely wrong. Yeah, just just a crazy ride. I mean, just an incredible run. And, um, you know, all jokes aside, couldn't happen to a better guy. I think you, you saw it on Twitter after they won. Um, several coaches were, were, were dapping him up via Twitter. I know I, I saw um, Jim Schlossnagel tweeted out, you know, congrats to my, to my buddy, Mike Bianco. Um, Former players, uh, I know Thomas Dillard was in town when the team got back. Um, so, yeah, uh, I saw, like, Stephen Head. Um, lots of former players were tweeting during the Omaha run. Just a, just a cool thing for Mike Bianco, a guy that's been, been through a lot. And he, uh, he can uh, breathe a sigh of relief. And, uh, hey, look, now there's no more pressure. You got you a title. Now go get you another one. Absolutely. Two rings and and you're you're I mean he's already he is who he is you know Mike Bianco's name will forever live in Oxford but if you go get another one shoot I mean build the statue right next to Tim Malcos I mean and and before we move on here and we will get into some recruiting on the back half here but obviously the big storyline is we are the freaking national champions um, I'd like to give a shout out to Garrett Wood I mean that he didn't play you know particularly well it's not like he had like an unbelievable omaha where he's hitting 600 or whatever but that dude got thrown in there to at the third base spot late in the season after never seeing the field before nobody knew who he was everybody kept questioning him and he did on a couple occasions have some really clutch moments he made a great play there down at third base on i believe it was thursday against arkansas he made a good play um you know, back during the super regionals, he was hitting enough, you know, he had a couple base knocks, a couple good walks. Um, not a guy that, you know, when you remember this team, you're not going to necessarily remember Garrett Wood, but you should, 
he stepped in there and really just did enough to where he let the team around him do what they needed to do. He didn't cause any problems. He didn't commit any egregious errors. He didn't you know, strike out every single at bat. He had a couple decent plays, a couple decent base knocks, and a couple good walks. So he's the guy yeah. that also deserves as much love as everybody else on this team. Um, and also, not for his on-field play, but I'd like to shout out Ben Van Cleave. Uh, Peyton Chatnier said after the game on Sunday after the Revs won it all, he said that something along the lines of like, we're going to burn Oxford to the ground or something like that. And the Oxford police department replied back and asked nicely for them not to do that. And Ben Van Cleave said, Nope, no way. We're coming. Get all the officers, get out the horses. We're going crazy. So Ben Van Cleave uh, is going to be a heck of a, a high school baseball coach somewhere one day. The only guy I know whose his baseball career has officially come to a close without a home run. Uh, pretty astonishing. But anyway, it's been for sure been that after quite a couple all, of days. I thought for sure after all of the of the bashing of a guy of that stature that he would get one in Omaha, and then that would have been you know, so funny. He could have just you know just really opened up the jersey, let the hamburger meat breathe. <laughs> take his jersey off after he steps on home plate, just head to the locker room and just end his career that way. Um, yeah, good point about Garrett Wood. Had a ton of really good at bats. The Super Regional, um, you, you know, if I'm being honest, I, I wasn't I wasn't in tune with the season as much as I normally am because, uh, you know, our very own uh, – Jake Thompson does a phenomenal job covering this team. He did it all season long, so big ups to Jake. Um so he did all the, the hard work. I didn't have to cover the team at all. And, you know, I didn't really watch a ton of regular season games, but he was uh, Garrett Wood was phenomenal in Hattiesburg, had a ton of really good at bats against two really good pitchers. And then, you know, did a little bit more of the same in Omaha, made some good plays at third. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they had to have someone step up when, you know, McCant stepped out of the lineup for a little bit because he was struggling. They put bench in center. Um, so, yeah, good point there. And I mean, we mentioned the leadership, you know, guys, you mentioned Van Cleve, you know, Derek Diamond's another guy that didn't really get to pitch that much down the stretch as, you know, he was kind of struggling, but, you know, didn't hang his head, didn't mope, didn't bitch and moan, um, continued to be a leader and to support everybody else, you know, whether that was from the bullpen or as a starter. Um, so, I mean, I think that's just indicative of, of Mike Bianco, Carl Lafferty, Mike Clement, Chris Cleary, that whole staff and, and their whole mindset throughout the year. And, um, I mentioned the crossover podcast that Ben and, and Chase Parham did. And, you know, I, I think it was Chase that made the point where it was just a, a group of guys that they liked each other and liked playing together. And I think that, you know, as cliche and um, cheesy as it is, I think that was what kind of helped them get through the, the bad shit when they were seven and 14 in the SEC and were really struggling. Um, you know, Mike Bianco said it all the time, you know, he said, man, it was just a group of guys that, continued to come into work every day and never really sulked, didn't complain, just kept plugging away. And now the, you know, I, 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 I don't think I was the only one that coined this because I think I saw some other folks say it, but, you know, from last team in to last team standing, just remarkable. So really remarkable. Yeah. Pretty cool. Sports are cool. Hashtag sports. Um, all right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll, uh, Briefly touch on some baseball recruiting. There was uh, some happenings over the weekend. Um, I think it's a big development for uh, for next season. And then we'll get into some football recruiting. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. 
whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoysa fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Just talked about Ole Miss baseball. But before we transition to football, there was a recruiting development over the weekend. The night before Ole Miss clinched the national championship, it was announced that Ole Miss has added Nick Pogue from Florida to their pitching staff. Um, I, I think that this is, this is, this is huge. Um, this is a guy that underwent Tommy John surgery, came back after not pitching in 2021, Um, already graduated from Florida last summer, um, made 11 appearances in 2022, started 10 games, four and three record, four, five, nine ERA and a 238 batting average against struck out 37 and 39 innings. Um, I think that um, this is an interesting pickup because I mentioned the Tommy John uh, going into next season. That'll be two, two full years of recovery and going through strength and conditioning, rehabbing it, getting back to, you know, somewhat normalcy. Um, and, and I think that there's a chance to see an uptick in Velo. Uh, I know some folks said that they expect him to bump it up a little bit more. He was a guy that was low to, to mid nineties at times uh, this season, but there's a good chance that he could start to really settle in in the mid nineties and maybe start bumping up to, you know, some high nineties. Um, but a former top 100 prospect, according to perfect game, um, six, five, two big dude has a, uh, really good curveball. uh, kind of throws from a high three quarter arm slot. Um, when he stays on playing, his fastball is pretty tough to hit um, and uh, got a little slider. I, I think he's just, you know, obviously coming off Tommy John, he's working his secondary stuff and starting to fine tune it and uh, get a little more sharp. But again, I, I think that in 2023, two years of rehab, two years off of that surgery, I think you could see a bump there, but um, had some bright spots uh, in 2022. But, um, the big thing here for me is this is a guy that has SEC experience. Um, he's a veteran, he's older. I think it's gonna, it's not going to completely erase the, the bummer of not getting Jackson Ferris to campus, the, uh, 2023 or 2022 signee, um, perfect game, all American. He's been mocked going in the top 30, top 35, don't think he's going to get to campus, but you're going to add a guy that is a big right arm, experienced in the SEC, and a guy that could see a little bit of a bump coming off of that surgery. But I think that that kind of softens the blow a little bit, not getting Jackson Ferris, but you're adding a guy that could potentially compete for a weekend starter position. Um, I, in my post that you can read over at omspirit.com, part of on3.com, I made a case for, you know, glass half full, glass half empty with Dylan DeLucia. Could potentially come back. Um, He has the COVID year to work with. Um, Is he going to try to capitalize on just an outstanding postseason and a, you know, really strong close the second half of the season? Or will he try to come back 
put it all together for a full campaign and try to, you know, have some draft leverage there. Cause yeah, I think technically he'll be a redshirt junior because of the COVID year. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I've talked to some scouts that said, you know, it, it just depends on what front office likes him, how he fits in their system. But, you know, a six foot one right-handed pitcher with a slider, it's pretty common these days in the minors. So how is he standing out from everyone else? How is he differentiating himself? And he could benefit from coming back and proving again in the SEC. Um, and depending on what Ole Miss does next season, um, how far they go in the postseason, you know, proving once again that longevity, being able to throw, um, be a true starter. I mean, he went complete game in Omaha. I mean, that was special. Um, so, I lean that he's not coming back, um, but he certainly could. I think that um, if he were to come back, he's obviously very clearly the Friday night guy. Um, I think they're going to keep Hunter Elliott in that Saturday spot. I think it's, you know, all the parallels to, to Doug McKaysey, but I think that that's a good spot for him to stay in that Saturday spot. A tough lefty in game two of weekend series is always tough for people to deal with. I think Jack Doherty is another guy that makes a case for uh, being in that weekend rotation. And then I'll give you one more, just kind of a, a wild card here, just a guy that that transferred in and um, had a bit of a – it was touch and go in 2022, but really, really flashed in Omaha is uh, Jack Washburn, the Oregon State transfer. Um, came in out of the bullpen in Omaha and was just lights out, was touching 96, 97. His stuff, when he when he was on in 2022, his off-speed stuff was just untouchable. I mean, it was it was up there with Josh Mallets and Brandon Johnson, their sliders. I mean, it was really, really tough for people to hit. And he was um, you know, he was lights out in that that Arkansas game that they ended up losing, but came in, did his job, shut them down. Um, I think that he's a guy that could could challenge for a weekend starting spot just because of the stuff, the intangibles, the experience being from Oregon State and pitching for them in the Pac-12, and then now going through, you know, do they want to keep him in the bullpen? Do they want to give him a shot um, throwing on the weekend? So um, all of those guys with Nick Pogue, I think that's a huge get for Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I think the – the biggest thing that stands out to me for Nick Pogue, and I, you may or may not have mentioned this, but he struck out 37 and 39 and a third frames this year in 2022. Um, obviously the, the four, five, nine ERA and the four and three record and walking 12 in that same time frame isn't ideal. Um, but I mean, he's again, coming back from Tommy John surgery, one, not an easy task back in the day. I mean, you look at a decade ago, Tommy John was a death sentence. Now these guys are coming back like Ben Joyce and throwing 103. You know, it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible how far we've come with modern medicine and modern technology and modern surgery and all that good stuff. So that's obviously, you, you got to caveat Nick Pogue's 2022 with that. I mean, he's coming off of Tommy John surgery, but striking out 37 and 39 in the third frames, uh, pretty good. So if you can mm-hmm. get his walks down, and you can get his earned runs down. And I think you will, especially once you get him in the lab in Oxford and get him with that staff that, I mean, we've seen them turn even this year, we saw them turn Hunter Elliott and Doug or Dylan DeLucia um, into certified aces. By the time the season was over, they weren't necessarily there to start the year. So mm-hmm. Ole Miss knows how to coach to pitching and they know how to kind of get, pitchers right if you will and i think they have a real opportunity to get pogue right and in an ideal world you've got delusia friday um hunter on saturday pogue on sunday and then maybe doherty on monday or on midweek and that's pretty dominant i think more than likely like you said delusia tries his best to capitalize off of the draft this year and Mm -hmm. understandably so i mean his draft stock has absolutely skyrocketed so then you've got i mean and another guy we're not talking about too is maybe Derek diamond i I feel like a broken record here i I think we say this every single year maybe this is the year that Derek diamond actually figures out how to get through the lineup for the third time how to stop giving up solo shots 
every other batter. Maybe this is the year. Maybe he gets in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, all this goes to say, adding Pogue to the mix, um, along with Derek Diamond, Jack Doherty, Washburn, Elliot, Delusha, etc. You've got a real opportunity to rebuild this staff. Um, and I say rebuild lightly because it, it was never really built this year until the last month or so. Right. Yeah. Um, but you got a real opportunity to put some, some good arms out there and much like this year, start the year with no expectations for any of them and just kind of go with the flow and see who stands out, see who shows up. Maybe Drew McDaniel, um, Actually, I don't know how Drew, how old Drew McDaniel is, but I don't think he's that old. Maybe Drew McDaniel, um, you know, comes in and oh, he's a junior, so I guess he's got one more year. Maybe he figures it out this year and becomes a certified starter. There's a lot of opportunity, and adding Pogue to the mix is something that you should be pretty excited about um, when you start to look ahead at mm-hmm. potentially trying to go back to back next year. Yeah, I mean. again it's we'll see you know there were several rotations that everybody thought that they were going to have this year that didn't work out and they ended up figuring it out just in time for the postseason so look it could look completely different this time next year so Mm -hmm. I I think but but look you're probably losing to Lucia I don't know if there's going to be guys that hop in the portal, but you have a chance to have a weekend rotation that is including somewhat of the combination of Hunter Elliott, Jack Doherty, Jack Washburn, Nick Pogue, maybe Drew McDaniel, maybe Derek Diamond. I mean, Diamond's another guy that had some issues with his arm. Maybe this is the time that he kind of figures it all out and puts it together. Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, again, it's – and then you look at, you know, the the class that they're bringing in. You know, Jackson Ferris is not going to make it to campus, but you look at who else they're bringing in. I mean, Hunter Elliott was, you know, a star this year as a true freshman. I mean, they got Jordan Vera, a uh, nationally ranked prospect from Florida, JT Quinn, another guy, two big right-handers, Vera 6'3", Quinn 6'6". Grayson Saunier from Carville, Tennessee, 6'4". Um, and they got some some big bodies and some big arms in this class that's going to be competing for innings next season. So it's it's something that – it's a good problem to have with several talented guys. Um, real quick before we move on to football, um, I mentioned this class. A lot of them are on campus already. Roman Anthony – was at the Walk of Champions yesterday um, celebrating with the team. Um, I'm sure him and, and several of his other classmates from this 2022 class are in class in Oxford working out with the strength and conditioning staff, getting ready for 2023. He's probably the only other one, as far as I'm concerned, and from folks that I have spoken with, that is a draft risk. Um, could be some potential posturing here, maybe some leverage, trying to uh, really create some, uh, you know, get some some organizations thinking a little bit. But I think he's got a legitimate shot to show up. I think that there's a sincere want to play in college with Roman Anthony. I think he wants to play at Ole Miss. I think he believes that he could really up his game and benefit from a couple of years at the college level. Um, but just a guy that blew up his senior year, um, hit over 400, um, double digit home runs, um, was just a force for Marjorie Stoneman Douglas as they won another state championship in Florida in 6A. Uh, he's a guy that if he does make it to campus, I believe he is a day one starter. I think, um, there's some questions on, you know, is TJ McCants, going to listen to some scouts, listen to some some feedback from the draft, maybe take his chances and, and go if he gets some decent money. I don't know. Um, he's a versatile guy. He could come back. He could play in the outfield. He could play in the infield. Um, 
I think Roman Anthony is going to be a day one guy if he shows up and plays center or right field. Um, we've joked about how he's he's a Terminator, JB Woodman. Um, I, I mean, if you're if you're in a lab and you're building someone to play center field, it's it's Roman Anthony, 6'3", 195, raw power from the left side, can really run. He's a 6'5 runner. If he does show up, I think that he is going to be a focal point in that lineup. I don't, I don't think he's going to hit third day one when they start the season in February, but he is going to be someone who, depending on how he does upon arrival, fall practice and all that, I mean, I think that he's a legitimate – bona fide freshman all-american type guy yeah for sure and like you said i mean mccants if he stays or goes he could be in center and if he is in center um that right field spot's wide open i mean calvin harris is moving behind the plate so there's an immediate opening in the outfield and roman anthony fills that void right away it's pretty ideal yeah yeah so we'll uh we'll obviously monitor that keep you posted at om spirit part of on three stay locked in on the message board, stay locked in on the site, and we'll keep you up to date. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll get into some football recruiting. Almost made a couple top schools lists, and we'll get into uh, a current commit who is doing his best to recruit and add some more blue chips to this 2023 class. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Berry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Berry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers, 
It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. And we are back here on Not Committed, closing up this Tuesday show. All right, Grayson, let's get into some football. Um, <laughs> real quick, I will say, uh, jokingly, that uh, Arch Manning did try to derail the Ole Miss hype train while they were in Omaha. He uh, announced his commitment to Texas, uh, but to no avail. Ole Miss still won the national title as uh, he and the rest of the Mannings were trying to uh, hog the attention away from the Rebels. Um, all right. Obviously joking, they were not trying to do that. But uh, it was kind of funny, though, as that happened, um, I believe it was Wednesday. It's like midday when the announcement so. came out. Most Ole Miss fans were kind of like, eh, all right, whatever. Um, we're going to keep on trying to win a national title. So um, <laughs> I, I, I think it was good for the, for the psyche of Ole Miss people to, which I think most who, you know, listen to this show, read our stuff. Um, they knew Ole Miss was not in the, in the mix at all anymore. Um, but it, it, I think it kind of helped, you know, really rip the Band-Aid off and, and, and kind of move on that Ole Miss was on a national title run when he announced it. So um, March Manning is finally off the board. Some dominoes have fallen after that. Texas has gotten a ton of commits. Um, but Ole Miss right now sitting 30th in the team rankings, um, still recruiting at a high level. Um, they've got five commits right now, an 80% blue chip rating with uh, Suntarian Perkins, Bryson Sanders, Marcel Reed, Ahmad Brown, all four stars, and then Daniel Demery, uh, the lone three-star in this class. We mentioned Bryson Sanders. We had him on the show here a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's doing his best to help recruit to uh, this 2023 class and, and add some more talented prospects. Yeah, he tweeted out, 11.39 a.m. on Tuesday, June 28th, said, hashtag come to the SIP and tagged one, two, three, four, five, six, seven recruits uh, who are all being targeted by Ole Miss, um, some more likely to end up in Oxford than others, but I'll just run down the list here real quick. Marvin Burks, Burks Jr., the safety out of St. Louis we've talked about before. You and I both feel pretty good that Ole Miss will beat out Missouri there. Aiden Williams, the wide receiver, four-star from Ridgeland, Mississippi. Uh, Ole Miss, South Carolina, LSU, Georgia, Tennessee in the mix. Ole Miss, as you and I have said before on this podcast, uh, seems to be kind of in the front there. Three-star wide receiver, Caden Lee, Kennesaw, Georgia, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Florida State, Florida on the mix. Um, really kind of wide open there. Uh, William Foles, Fowles, Foles, William Foles, Fowles. Um, however, it is to be said, out of Florida, the four-star receiver out of Dade Christian with offers from Miami, Auburn, Georgia, Louisville. Um, seems like Miami is probably in the lead there, but there's a long way to go. Four-star offensive tackle. Tyree Adams from Louisiana. We've talked about him before, me in particular. I'm really, really high on what Tyree Adams has to offer. Uh, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia, with LSU seemingly in the mix, in the lead there. Three-star running back Christopher Johnson out of Fort Lauderdale, uh, Miami, Alabama, NC State, Georgia, Penn State, Ole Miss, obviously. Um, 
wide open there. Three-star guy plays above his, his star ranking. A lot of teams are really high about the potential he could bring to the back half of a running back room. And then the last player that Bryson Sanders tagged was DJ Chester. He's an interior offensive line guy, 6'5", 295 out of Georgia. Auburn, LSU, Florida State, Miami, South Carolina seem to be kind of the, the lead guys there um, with Ole Miss, you know, sitting in the background waiting. But all this goes to say, you got to love having, you know, a, a week or I guess two weeks now old commit um, out there on the trail recruiting, getting guys in the boat. Um, I'd be curious to know, and you and I talked about this a little bit before we hopped on. I'd be curious to know if, uh, you know, he's just doing this on his own and, and I might reach out to him and check. Um, but I'd be curious to know if, if Bryson is, is out here just tweeting at recruits on his own, trying to get them in the boat, or if maybe there's one of the coaching coaches in the mix saying, you know, Hey, these are the guys we want, you know, do what you got to do. But either way, you've got Bryson out there on the recruiting trail, Lane Kiffin's retweeting him, trying to get guys to Oxford. Um, gotta love the all around effort from players, recruits, staff members, et cetera, that Ole Miss is putting into their class. Like you said, sitting 30th at the moment, you'd like to finish in the top 25, knowing that the transfer portal is where you're, you're really obtaining the grain, make that bread. Um, but 30th isn't bad. You know, it could be a lot worse. And, and like we've said time and time again, Ole Miss's efforts are insanely targeted. They only go after guys that they feel are NFL caliber players. Um, and that hurts them in a sense in terms of rankings and numbers and all that stuff. But none of that matters when, you know, the staff is happy with the guys that they've got. And it seems like they are well on their way to a class that they're really excited about and one that could continue to grow over the next couple of weeks. I think the ones to keep a close eye on, you already mentioned Marvin Burks, Caden Lee, and Aiden Williams. Those are the three that I would keep a close eye on. Uh, two are wide receivers and one is a safety. I think that's probably the three that Ole Miss is in the best shape for. Uh, William Foles has yet to take an official to Ole Miss, but uh, he has said that he will be taking an official at some point. I think that for him – it seems like Miami is in um, a good spot with him right now. Um, it was kind of funny. He mentioned his top four um, on <clears throat> Monday, uh, Georgia, Ole Miss, A&M, and Miami. And then shortly after announcing the top four, he said FSU is still in the mix. So Florida State's kind of lingering on the outside. So I guess it could be a top five. Uh, with Florida State, so you're going to have the two NC, uh, the two in-state, not NC State, in-state schools um, vying to keep him inside Florida, and then Georgia and Ole Miss, two schools that have done a really nice job recruiting wide receivers. Um, I don't really know how much A&M is in the mix here, um, but I think it's if he were to show up for an official visit, I think that. Um, Ole Miss is in a good spot. He likes Lane Kiffin. He likes the offense. Um, he likes the idea of being an outside receiver in a Lane Kiffin offense. I think that if he uh, takes an official, I think that'll up Ole Miss's chances there. Uh, Jaquay's Petaway ended up not coming for his official visit, so Ole Miss is out on him. I think uh, actually Southern Cal has started to emerge there as a, as a big-time contender for him. So they're trying to kind of piece who they're wanting to really target at the high school level at their wide receiver position. They did a nice job. They got two in-state guys, Jeremiah Dillon, Larry Simmons in the 2022 class, and then went big in the portal with Jalen Robinson, Jordan Watkins, and his name, uh, Malik Heath. I was going to draw a blank there, but they got three receivers out of the portal, two in the class from high school. So, you know Lane Kiffin is going to continue to utilize the transfer portal, try to go get guys that are experienced, been there, done that, but they're also going to try to get talented guys like William Foles out of the high school level. Um, Aiden Williams, the in-state guy from Ridgeland, just got off an official visit to South Carolina. 
I still think Ole Miss is in a great spot there. Um, he continues to say all the right things in interviews, continues to say he's going to go through the process, take his visits. But I think that his relationship with Derek Nix and, um, you know, he's another guy that um, likes on Terry and Perkins, um, who has been to Oxford seemingly it, it, almost every weekend. Um, Aiden Williams is a guy that um, has been to Oxford, I believe, four or five times, maybe six times um, since last fall. Um, so I think that right now it's probably Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Tennessee, probably. Um, LSU and Georgia are there as well. He's been there on unofficial visits, but I still think uh, he's Ole Miss's to lose. And then Caden Lee is another guy that doesn't get a lot of fanfare, um, but the staff really likes him. Chris Partridge, Dane Stevens, Derek Nix have done a phenomenal job recruiting him. I think that uh, – he will set up an official visit. He's been to Oxford twice this spring. Um, South Carolina again, Oklahoma, uh, Florida State are also in the mix there. Um, I think that's probably a good top three for him, Gamecocks, Rebels, and Sooners. Um, so there's the, the crossover there with Jeff Levy recruiting him to, to Norman, but um, the staff really likes his game. Another dynamic slot guy who can – give them some versatility in the slot, you know, 5'11", so can still get out on the outside and make plays, but is shifty, runs good routes, can really make plays on the interior as well. Um, and then Marvin Burks, a guy that's, you know, quietly came, took his official visit. I think the staff feels really good about where they sit with him. I've talked to a couple of national sources. They said the same thing. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they, they really like – their rotation in the secondary. And I think that um, he's a guy that they really want to add to this class. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're in, I won't say good positions uh, because there is a lot of recruiting left and there's a lot of time for things to change, but the staff has to feel pretty comfortable with where they sit. Um, for all three of those guys and really for all of the guys in general um, that Bryson Sanders tagged in the posts. Sure. They're not necessarily top three, top four, top five for some of those back half guys outside of the three that we talked about um, that you talked about, but they're in the mix for all these guys. And Ole Miss is not, as we know, from from Jonte Cook, Lane Kiffin, and Ole Miss are not backing down. They're consistent. They're persistent. They continue to push and and I mean, for a lack of a better word, almost nag their recruits to just say, "Hey, we're here. We want you. We're here. We want you. We are here. We want you." And if that continued pressure remains applied, then Ole Miss could be in the mix for all of these guys. Now there's a couple, couple hills to climb. Um, and, and the three that you mentioned are kind of the, the, the real three to watch, but you gotta love the effort that Ole Miss is putting into this recruiting class where, I mean, there was a lot of, of angry people who were quick to diminish Lane Kiffin's recruiting efforts the last two years. The first year, obviously, it's a first-year class. You have a quick turnaround, whatever. The second year, you're supposed to be better. And it was a good, not great, very solid class. Now, this is the third class under Lane Kiffin, and it looks like it's going to be the best yet, and it's looked like it's going to be the most targeted yet. And at the same time, it's still going to leave that door wide open for transfer portal players to come walking through and close it behind them. Um, it's, it's good. Almost is in a good spot. There's a lot of, this is kind of the lull period. I, I believe that we're in a dead period at the moment. So there's no contact being made anywhere across the board. Um, sports are obviously at a lull. All we have is going on right now is Wimbledon. So 
it's really just a slow time of year and, and things will start to pick up in the next, I don't know, two months uh, mm-hmm. as, the, as the fall season comes, comes quickly. We're getting there, you know, bunker down and, and, and hang in to see what comes next. Yeah, so I did mention it on Monday. Uh, we are now into the dead period. It runs through July 24th, so no campus visits. Obviously, no official or unofficial visits, no off-campus contact. Coaches cannot visit high schools, no calls or text communication with 2024 prospects. They can contact 2023 prospects via calls or texts. Um, So through the end of July, the dead period will run, and then after that, pick back up in time for fall camp and then getting into the season. It's, I mean, we're two months away. It's pretty wild that we're that close. So, um, but yeah, continue to. Stay locked in, omspirit.com, part of On3. We'll continue to run the daily threads every day. Even though it's the dead period, there's still going to be stuff going on. Um, so stay locked in there. Continue to read up on everything uh, that we have going over there. Last thing before we close, Pinson Valley Safety, TJ Metcalf, um, obviously of the Metcalf family that is very prevalent with the Ole Miss program released the top four, Arkansas, Jackson State, Ole Miss, and Penn State. I believe that one's going to be the Razorbacks or the Rebels. Um, you know, he's talked a lot about his family and their lineage um, at Ole Miss, but said it wasn't going to be a deciding factor, wasn't going to tip the scales in Ole Miss's favor uh, whatsoever. He's going to make his own decision, but uh, Ole Miss really likes him. Um, so he has narrowed his focus to those four programs. Um, but yeah, stay locked in, continue to keep you up to date despite the dead period. Um, but, uh, as Grayson said earlier in the show, like subscribe, leave a review, let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you love it. Let us know if you hate it and you want us to improve something and, uh, we'll continue to do our best to bring you not committed twice a week. We'll be back Thursday. Maybe something will pop off. We will talk about that, but until next time for Grayson, I'm Zach. This has been Not Committed. Until next time, we out.